everyone. It's Abigail Shapiro from DC's Doom Patrol, and I'm here with Elias on the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the man cave, your host, Elias. Abigail, welcome to the cave. Thanks for having me. How are you? What's new with you? I'm, I'm great. I'm doing great. Just living life in quarantine. I'm just really grateful to be in a good situation right now. Yeah, how's that treating you? Um... Pretty okay. I'm I'm living in Florida currently with my family, so I've been spending time with them, making sure to get in enough exercise, all that jazz. <laughs> there you go. So you've been busy. Uh, you recently starred on DC's Doom Patrol as Dorothy, and we'll talk about that. But for the listeners, let's get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Tampa, Florida. I moved to New York when I was about 12 years old to pursue a professional career after I booked my very first audition um, for How the Grinch Stole Christmas at Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was such a great opportunity. And I'm, I'm so grateful for, grateful for it, but I was so young, it kind of like went over my head. So I wish I appreciated it more in the moment. <laughs> But, yeah. How how old were you when you kind of had an idea that you wanted to get into the entertainment industry? Um, I I think I was just born knowing I was meant to be in this industry. Um, I didn't really start performing and studying it until I was about six years old. Um, I started out as a dancer, and then I started singing, and then I figured that what I loved about both of those was the storytelling aspect. And that made me realize that what I really wanted to do was acting. Um, so throughout mostly my middle school, high school years, I began studying acting. And then I went to college for a year and a half in a theater program. And then I booked Doom Patrol. Wow. So when, uh, when you were taking the acting lessons when you were young, how were those? I mean, they're fun. You just going to let out your inner child and play. <laughs> So, like, when you told your family this is what you wanted to do, like, what was their reaction to this? Um, they're like, okay, um, do whatever you want to do, I guess. They're not in the entertainment industry at all, so they had really no what, no idea what was in store for the family. <laughs> so, when you mentioned you did theater, how long did you do that for? I've done theater most of my life. Doom Patrol is actually my very first on-camera gig. I did um, see that. Yes. Um, it's a great first TV gig. I'm so, so grateful. I couldn't have asked for a better experience. Um, yeah, but I, I've done theater ever since I was very young. What's the big difference between theater and doing Doom Patrol? Oh, a huge difference. Um, on camera, when you're acting, everything has to be a lot more subtle. Whereas in theater, you're, you're performing to the back row. Um, so uh, it's more about um, getting that emotion across in the back row when you're doing theater. But when you're on camera, for example, um, the camera is right next to your face and your face is taking up the entire screen. So even if you blink, that's a huge movement. 
um, when in reality it isn't. So that's that's the main difference as an actor that I had to kind of figure out on my own <laughs> a bit. Um, but I, I love both worlds. They're very different worlds, but I love them both. What's been the biggest challenge like doing theater and then doing TV? Um, the biggest challenge? Um, I, I'd say it was actually pretty easy transitioning into uh, on-camera work because theater, there's so much more pressure because you're performing in front of a live audience. So if you mess up on stage, you're, you're screwed. You just have to improv and figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, but if you mess up on camera, you can just do another take. So at what point you decided like you wanted to jump into like TV and stuff like that? I've, I've kind of always wanted to do it. Um, it was just a matter of auditioning and getting the job because there, you go on so, so many auditions and you're mostly rejected. Um, so I, I'd never like expected it to happen this soon. Um, which so, is actually, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, that's cause I was in theater school and, um, my intention was to take like a break from the professional world for a bit. And then this opportunity came up and I was like, I can't say no to this. So for uh, Doom Patrol, how did you get approached for this? Um, well, I, my agent sent me a self tape request and I just sent in a self tape, like your normal audition. I did not expect to book it or anything at all. Um, and then I ended up getting a call back. I actually had a lot of synchronicity with the audition. Like the day before I got the self-tape, the call for the self-tape, my friend was telling me about the show. And then um, right before I got the call back, I just decided to watch the trailer. And as I was watching the trailer, the email for the callback came in. And then when I booked the role, I was in this cafe and my agent called me and she was like, they want you to play Dorothy Spinner in Doom Patrol. And then I turn around and I see a poster of Diane Guerrero on the wall. And I was like, it's a sign. I need oh to say God. yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, you, and uh, so you played Dorothy and you weren't even introduced to like the end of season one, like a cliffhanger. And then you had, no. a, bigger, and you had a bigger role on season two. It's like how, mm. yeah, this has been a crazy ride for you. Yeah, it's, it's been a very, very crazy ride. Um, I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> it's what I've always wanted to do and it's like actually happening and it's surreal. I'm, I couldn't have asked for a better experience, like I said before. So did you book this just from a self tape or did they call you in after that too? Um, they called me in for a call back after that in and New York. Tell us about that. Oh, it was cool. I went inside the Warner Brothers building for the very first time in my entire life. And you could only be like upstairs for a certain amount of time and you get like a little temporary ID. And I just remember walking down the hallway and seeing all these posters for a bunch of different Warner Brothers movies and TV shows. And I felt so intimidated. I was like, oh my God, I made it this far, what? And I remember walking into the waiting room and seeing uh, like three or four other girls and they looked exactly the same as I did. We were all like around the same height. We were wearing the exact same thing. And <laughs> so I was like, well, whatever happens, happens. Um, luckily, I, I guess the callback went really well, so. That's awesome. <laughs> so you played Dorothy, like uh, when you first read the script, like how would you, after reading the script and everything, and like how would you like describe her? 
I would describe her, oh, that's a good question. She's very sweet, but she has a dark side. Um, she was born with an ape-like face and the ability to manifest anything she can imagine. And she has this coterie of imaginary friends she brings to life whenever she's emotional in some way. And she doesn't have much control over them. And not all of these friends are good. Mm. So when you got the role, like, how did you prepare for the role? Did you like do any research? Did you go read the comics? Did you go back and watch most of season one? Yeah, the first thing I did was watch season one. I just binged it as quickly as possible and then watched episodes over and over again. And then I read the comics. I splurged and I bought the Grant Morrison comics. And then I downloaded the Rachel Pollock comics on my phone. Um, and honestly, reading the Doom Patrol comics gave me like a whole new appreciation for the art of comic books. Um, because they're just so unique. I've honestly never really read anything like it before. And I was so impressed with the artwork as well in that you can combine words and artwork and all these visuals to make a story. And I, I loved doing the research for this role because I got to read the comic books. And then I also did a little bit of research on The Wizard of Oz because Dorothy is initially based on the character of Dorothy Gale from The Wizard of Oz. So I took a little bit of inspiration from The Wizard of Oz movie as well. Um, but yeah, I had a fun time doing all the research. How similar would you say is your character to the comics? What's changed from her? Um, she's pretty similar. Um, the big difference is that she's Niles' daughter in the TV show. In the comics, she comes from a different family, and she's from Kansas, and she isn't British. And her mother is um, not like her mother in the TV show. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's the biggest difference. For, for, uh, while you're playing this character, Dorothy, like, uh, what's the biggest challenge you encounter portraying the character? The biggest challenge... Um, I'd say is her complex mind exploring that and also wearing full face prosthetics every day. <laughs> Speaking of that, like how long does it take you to get into that? Yeah, it takes a while. It take in the beginning, it took about three hours, um, which was a challenge definitely. <laughs> and then mostly, uh, most of filming, it took about two hours. And then by the end, one day we got it to an hour and 45 and that was our record. And wow. um, I wear like a fake nose and upper lip, a fake forehead, a fake chin, fake hair, fake ears, um, and then fake teeth. And the fake teeth were actually the hardest part because of diction. And I also had to do the British accent. So it made it a lot harder speaking with the fake teeth. <laughs> how, uh, how many hours a day do you think you were wearing that while you were shooting? Oh, um, I know one time we had like an 18 hour day. <laughs> Wow. So I think that's the longest I was wearing that. And like when you wear those prosthetics for a long time, like it's it's not the best for your skin. So my skin was starting to like hurt a little bit, but I'm just so grateful for the makeup, the whole makeup team because they really helped me search for the right skincare products and skincare routine to really help heal my skin. And by the end of filming, like I didn't really have any skin problems and I became more used to wearing the prosthetics for a long time. Um but honestly, it was, I'm just grateful that I was able to wear prosthetics for a role because I really got to transform myself. And that's kind of a actor's dream. And 
I felt honored, honestly, to be wearing this artwork on my face every day. And I want to give a shout out to Derek and Eric Garcia, who did my makeup every day. Um, I had so much fun working with them and they're the best. They're so talented. Now uh, on the show, you're supposed to be 11 years old, right? Yes. And you're 21, 20? How old are you? I'm 20. I just turned 20 about a month ago. So how is it like trying to play like an 11 year old? Um, it wasn't too difficult because I'm so small. I'm used to playing younger than myself a lot. Um, so it's, it's not something that's very new to me. I'm used to playing like a kid and stuff. And um, I, I just let, I guess, I guess I just let out my inner child. And also when you're 11, you don't think you're a kid. So I kind of put myself in that mindset. That's true. That's true. And you have a few scenes where like you're acting like with imaginary friends, like uh, how is it like doing like a scene like that where you're like pretty much just talking to nothing there? You know what I mean? It's so fun. I really got to exercise my imagination. (laughs) Honestly, um, the uh, Herschel, the spider is um, there's nothing there whenever I have scenes with Herschel. And then when it's the candle maker, it's sometimes a guy on stilts in a CGI costume. Same with the manticore. And other times with the candle maker, it's just a giant stick with fire at the top. And then um, for Darling Come Home, it uh, Darling was played by this lovely lady named Vanessa Cater. Um, and um, her the only thing that's CGI for her is her face. So she had dots on her face. So it was cool to play off of them when they were there. But a lot of the times it was nothing because I, you, you don't always see the imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. They're not always completely manifested. What, what do you think you love the most about this character? Oh, that's a difficult question. Oh, I love so many things about this character. Um, I love that she will do anything for the people she loves. I think that's my favorite thing about her. And I just love how creative she is also. And she has awesome powers too. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> what do you enjoy? <laughs> Which one's your favorite for her? Um, my favorite imaginary friend um, is probably the manticore, Manny. Spoiler, rest in peace, Manny, episode five, <laughs> single tear. <laughs> what do you, uh, from the season two, what do you think was your favorite scene or episode that sticks out the most that you enjoyed? Oh, I have, I, I hate choosing favorites. It's so hard <laughs> for me. So I'm just going to list a few. Um, one of my, I love filming episode four because I got to sing, I got to fly like I got, I honestly checked off so many things on my actor bucket list doing this show. Like I've done things in this show I've always wanted to do as an actor, like work with green screen, flying, singing, the list goes on. Um, I loved doing the scenes with Diane when she was baby doll. Those were so much fun to film. And uh, there's a lot of stuff upcoming in episode eight that was a really, really fun to shoot also. How would you describe like the vibe on the set? It's, it's pretty chill. Like mostly like when I'm like hanging out with like the cast and everyone, we just talk about life and all that. Sometimes we play like charades or something, but it's, it's a very fun set and 
there honestly isn't a bad apple in the group. I I'm, love everyone so much. I'm so grateful. I worked with such a wonderful team. Has any any one of them given you advice for like this being your first TV show and going yeah. from, t- from, t- from theater to TV? Mm-hmm. Um, Tim actually gave me a lot of advice um, just about like basic things like finding your light and stuff like that. And um, I got a lot of advice from Riley, who plays Robot Man, um, when he's in the robot cost like suit when he's a robot. Um, and he, we talked a lot about like letting go of our characters at the end of the day, and not letting our characters' trauma stick to our bodies. Because sometimes when you're doing those really emotional scenes, at the end of the day, it's a little difficult to shake it off because you've done it so many times. Um, but he just we just talked a lot about what that's like and having to uh, take care of ourselves um, while filming and everything and playing a character with trauma and taking care of our own mental health. Have they mentioned anything to you about a uh, season three yet? Any news on that? No, I, I have no idea what's happening. I really hope there's a season three. That would be so cool. And I miss everyone so much. So it'd be so cool to see everyone again. Sure. Well, you need a season three now that it's on HBO Max and they're getting a lot more viewers on the show. I know that it would be so cool. So I uh, hope we get one. what's, uh, what's next for you? Honestly, I don't know. I want to continue working on camera and in TV or film or something. Um, I just love it so much. It's like I said earlier, it's what I've always wanted to do. Um, so I just want to continue working. So I'm just going to keep auditioning and see what happens. Have you been doing any uh, like self-tape auditionings during the quarantine? A little bit. There's not much going on right now, but I've done like a few self-tapes. Yeah. What, have, did you do any, any other projects before the quarantine started? No, it was just Doom Patrol that I was doing. Um, lastly, uh, how can the listeners find you on social media? Okay, so my Instagram is Abigail underscore Shapiro, and my Twitter is also Abigail underscore Shapiro. All right, Abigail, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we end this? Um, get ready for a crazy rest of season two. Woohoo! <laughs> Abigail, this was fun. Thank you uh, for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. time.